I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Diversion Audio. A note. This episode contains descriptions of violence and torture that may be disturbing for some audiences. Please take care in listening. This series is based on historical characters and real events. Some dialogue has been imagined for dramatic purposes when no primary source material is available. The woman in the jail cell was proving to be a problem. It was November 13, 1942, and she'd arrived in San Juan de las Abadesas the day before. She was discovered at the train station with three strange men. When the Spanish officers demanded to see their passports, none of them could produce one. The woman was separated from the group and thrown into a cold, isolated cell. The notes in her arrest file only deepened the mystery of her identity. Her Spanish was formal, her accent sounded French to their ears, and her request singular. I want to speak to the American consul in Barcelona. The response was also singular. (laughs) Among other notes in the woman's arrest report were her dirty clothes and a general appearance that made it seem like she hadn't slept or eaten well in days. And notably, she couldn't move without displaying a bad limp. (sighs) Whoever this woman was, she certainly didn't belong in San Juan de las Abadesas, a small mountain town in the far northeast of Spain, 
just over the border with France. With her formal Spanish and slight French accent, the woman was obviously not a Spanish citizen. So she was transferred to Miranda del Ebro prison, some 40 miles away, outside the town of Figueres, where her only comfort was a blanket as dingy and tattered as her dress. Though they didn't know it at the time, the Spanish guard had managed to achieve what the Nazis had not, despite years of intensive searching. They had captured Virginia Hall, a woman who would go down in the annals of history as the greatest spy of World War II. Virginia is unlike just about anybody you've ever heard of. Good grief. She was really unstoppable. Every step of the way, she was blocked. But every step of the way, she persevered. She had a drive inside of her that took her places that you and I would not choose to go. I think she understood that as a woman, she could do things that her male colleagues could not do. Yeah, she could fly under the radar, and she knew that. The Germans wanted to hunt down the limping lady. Each time she went back, she was facing certain death. Being killed would be the easy part. Being tortured would be the hard part. But for Virginia, it was just such important work that there was no way she was not going to do it. As Virginia Hall sat in the corner of the small Spanish prison cell, a thousand questions raced through her mind. One question fought its way to the top. Would these men turn her over to the Gestapo? the secret police of Nazi Germany that had invaded and massacred so many thousands? The Nazis were paying obscene prices for escaped French citizens they considered the enemy, and they paid even more for spies. There was one face she couldn't dispel from her thoughts, that of Robert Alesh, the priest with his leering glare and cold smile as he informed his superiors he had done the impossible. He had finally apprehended the limping lady. Although her desire to fight back at Robert Alesh burned, Virginia's thoughts soon bled into the horror stories she encountered in Nazi-occupied France in the weeks prior. She didn't know if she'd be whisked away to one of the concentration camps, where she would suffer miserably alongside thousands of other prisoners. Or would a firing squad just execute her at the prison wall and throw her body into the river as they'd done to so many of her compatriots. She'd never been one to cower, but she'd also never been arrested. It was actually a great irony. Usually when British or French spies found themselves in the custody of the Gestapo, it had been Virginia who was tasked with breaking them free. But now she realized being the best spy the service had to offer had its drawbacks. There was no one else to break you out. Don't get comfortable, senora. <laughs> I doubt you will be here long. And as Virginia Hall considered what she believed to be the end of her journey as a spy, she thought back to the beginning. I'm Stephen Talty, an author and a journalist. I've written a number of books about history, including Agent Garbo, about an eccentric World War II double agent, and The Good Assassin, about the undercover spy mission to hunt down the Nazi war criminal, 
Herbert Zuckers, the butcher of Latvia. That was the basis for season one of this podcast. You don't need to have listened to season one to understand and enjoy season two, but I would recommend listening. It's good. So as you might guess, I'm a lover of all things espionage. When I graduated from college, I even considered applying to the CIA. But I became a newspaper journalist and then an author. And instead, I ended up writing about spies. The world of spies intrigues me. The secret lives, the dangerous missions, the thrilling exploits. The idea of one man or woman playing this invisible role in history. And that's why I'm excited to bring you this season of Good Assassins. This season, I want to tell you a story about one of the most consequential spies in American history. Her name was Virginia Hall, and for reasons we'll soon get to, she was known to the Nazis as the Limping Lady. Now, it's difficult to express just how influential Virginia was. The Nazis called her the most dangerous of all Allied spies. From international spy to guerrilla warfare leader, her story is a thrilling tale of a woman whose efforts in the face of fascism, racism, sexism, and ableism saved thousands of lives. There's maybe no figure of espionage in all of history like Virginia Hall. She embodies a lot of what's amazing about fictional spies like James Bond or Ethan Hunt or Sidney Bristow, if you remember the TV show Alias. But unlike all those spies, Virginia Hall was very real, and she changed the course of history. From Diversion, this is Good Assassins Season 2. Episode 1, The Greatest Spy of World War II. You know, if you're lucky, you might catch a tortoise at that pace. I think you could be a little less enthusiastic about shooting harmless animals, Virginia. You could be less enthusiastic about starving to death. Not long after she was born to a well-to-do family in Baltimore, Maryland in 1906, Virginia Hall fell in love with the idea of travel. Her high school yearbook from her all-girls prep school, Roland Park Country School, calls Virginia, quote, cantankerous and capricious and the most original of her class. Do you see it? <laughs> I see it. I see that it's about 500 miles away. <laughs> you really think you can hit that? Not if I had your attitude. Virginia's favorite studies consisted mostly of learning other languages. And in her early 20s, she flew to Europe, where she began working with the American Embassy in Poland as a consular service clerk. Now you have to remember, this is the 1920s, and an expatriate woman traveling alone would have raised some eyebrows. But Virginia never gave much thought as to how she would be perceived by others. By 1933, at age 27, Virginia still had a reputation for being a tomboy and for her wit when she transferred to the consular office in Smyrna, Turkey, where a December hunting trip with friends would change her life forever. 
Well done! But you chased it behind a fence onto someone's property. <laughs> well, where are you going? Maybe I got a wing. Virginia! <sighs> At this point in her life, Virginia had more confidence with a gun than skill. And she was more interested in impressing her friends than the actual sport of hunting. But as she climbed a wire fence in search of snipe, the small birds they were hunting, she tucked her shotgun under her arm, slinging her right leg over the top. Her left leg slipped, knee jutting upwards, burying itself into the trigger. Virginia fell back to the ground, now with what her friends referred to as a, quote, mangled mess where her leg once was. Together, they quickly picked up Virginia and brought her to the nearest hospital as she blacked out from the pain. After hearing about Virginia's injury, Dr. Lauren Shepard rushed to Smyrna from the Istanbul American Hospital to help a fellow Yankee. Once there, he inspected the infected and mangled limb. Well, of course, the 1930s was before most antibiotics. And so if the wound got infected to begin with, it was, it was really hard to fight off that infection. And so wound infections were a huge problem. That's Dr. Justin Barr, chief resident in general surgery at Duke University and a historian of medical military history. In the 1930s, doctors could try to stave off an infection with surgical debridements or antiseptics. But if those failed, there was only one course of action, amputation. And as Dr. Barr pointed out, Depending on a, you know, a close-range, high-velocity hunting rifle wound, it's possible that the tissue damage was just so severe that foot was not salvageable regardless of, of whether it got infected or not. And so, when Virginia awoke in her hospital bed, she was greeted by the somber expression of Dr. Shepard. Before Virginia could speak, the doctor notified her of a grim reality. An amputation had been performed while she'd been unconscious, and they'd removed everything below her left knee. Virginia learns to live with a new leg after the break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Not a particularly comfortable procedure, as you might imagine. Patients are in some pain. That's Dr. Justin Barr again. Presumably they're in the hospital for weeks, but it takes a while for that stump to heal. And then there's a lot of phantom uh, limb pain. And so uh, it would be challenging. The next few days saw Virginia floating in and out of a nauseated and highly medicated fog. Eventually, the doctors released her and she returned to her family in Maryland to recuperate. There she was outfitted with a prosthetic leg. Now, the entire thing is made of wood, Miss Hall, so uh, keep it sanded. Uh, Keep it away from extreme heat, because, (laughs) well... (laughs) I can imagine. Now, this model doesn't have a joint, so you won't have the flexibility you're used to. And... You'll wear this here you go. over your stump before sliding the prosthetic on. And then you'll hook the bottom of the leg to this block here. See? Meet your new foot. See, there's a rubber sole, so it won't wear out your shoes. You twist like this. And voila. It'll take you some getting used to. I'd practice taking the entire thing on and off a few times before you try walking, but... Ah, you'll get the hang of it. Don't look so glum, Miss Hall. Everyone gets used to it, eventually. It took months before Virginia's confidence returned. Slowly, she found her way back into public circles, making friendly conversation with old friends but they only wanted to talk about her now-missing limb and its fascinating mechanical replacement, leaving Virginia hungry for more adventure. Virginia trained on her new leg daily, doing her best to hide the limp that came with her injury. After she felt like she could move almost as well as her past self, she wrote to the State Department, requesting posts in either Spain, Estonia, or Peru. Instead, Virginia was offered a position at the U.S. consulate in Venice, Italy, 
And by December of 1934, she was back at work, stationed in Venice. She was 29 and quickly became consumed with the clerical tasks that filled her days. She was, at the start, considered a glorified secretary, or what many would refer to now as an intern. But her penchant for detail eventually caught the eye of Consul General Martin Stewart. Stewart began to assign Virginia jobs that were usually given to foreign service officers. And Virginia's knowledge of the European geopolitical landscape grew along with her duties. The years 1933 and 1934, when Virginia was first working in Turkey and then Italy, were pivotal in the rise of Adolf Hitler and his Nazi party. Hitler had risen through the German government's ranks over the previous decade. He leveraged a bunch of cultural and economic factors affecting 1920s and 30s Germany as his appetite for power steadily grew. He emboldened his followers with xenophobic hate speech and violent nationalism, targeting a number of races and religions, but most specifically Jews. In 1933, Hitler was appointed chancellor. And when the following year, the German president died, Hitler abolished the presidency altogether and became the absolute dictator of Germany, declaring himself Fuhrer. In these years, France, Great Britain, and the United States proclaimed that Hitler was nothing more than a nuisance, turning a blind eye to his vicious treatment of Jewish people so long as their nations were unaffected. Virginia Hall didn't see the severity in Hitler's hate speech and new laws and how they could slowly poison the continent. At first, she did her best to ignore the uprising, the shifts in culture and politics, and the busyness of panicked statesmen making hurried compromises. But eventually, even her own mother began to write Virginia from America with concerns. Dear Virginia, there has been much talk on the radio here that bounds of immigrants are vacating Europe for the states. Some are socialists and others simply feel they've offended the Nazis and might simply be prosecuted for it in the not-too-distant future. They don't feel safe remaining on the continent. What a grave injustice it is to force someone from their homes merely because of their beliefs. And despite news items like this, Many Americans still view Hitler as a man with a comical mustache who really doesn't hold a position of political power. Now stationed in Venice, Virginia had become suspicious of Italy's stake in the war. Prime Minister of Italy Benito Mussolini had set his sights on invading and occupying the East African nation of Ethiopia, 
with hopes that conquering it would bring a boon to Italy's failing economy and to national pride. By 1936, Mussolini had accomplished these goals, and Virginia began to speak out against fascism at the consulate in Venice. As you might expect, this attracted attention. Hoping to stop Virginia from making waves in a politically tumultuous country, one of her superiors wrote up a report on her progress. Virginia Hall is a clerk of unbounded ambition, a lack of appreciation of her own limitations, and a most praiseworthy determination. She also lacks common sense and good judgment. She overcomes her physical disability and keeps up her spirits admirably. However, she is not good material for a career service because she lacks judgment, background, good sense, and discriminatory powers. She also talks too much and, frankly, out of turn. Her clerking is satisfactory at best. You have to wonder whether this guy would have had the same criticism for a male subordinate with the same, quote, ambition. When the time came for Virginia to test for the Foreign Service, she worried the negative report would be used against her. The examinations were twofold, one written and one oral. If she passed, Virginia would be granted more influence and latitude to operate internationally. She would be a part of major decisions regarding expats and government officials, and she would finally have more influence than her previous position as a glorified lackey. Virginia had taken the exams twice before in her early 20s, and twice before she'd failed. But now she was a woman with more experience, more knowledge, more savvy, which made the letter that appeared on her desk in 1937 all the more heartbreaking. A regulation governing physical examinations to the foreign services prescribe that amputation of any portion of a limb, except fingers and toes, is a cause for rejection. And it would not be possible for Miss Hall to qualify for entry into the service under these regulations. Virginia suspected that her disability was not the major factor in her rejection, noting that of the nearly 1,500 career Foreign Service officers, they claimed only six female operatives. She stayed in Venice for another year, making several appeals, all rejected. Finally, in 1939, she resigned from consul work and moved to Paris, France, where she planned to mend her wounded pride. But the Paris that Virginia now called home wasn't the romantic city of legend. It had become a powder keg of anti-Semitism, spurred on by the sudden appearance of Jewish refugees from Germany, Austria, and Czechoslovakia, who escaped their home countries after the horrific Kristallnacht in November 1938. Kristallnacht, or the Night of Broken Glass, was a radical turning point for Europe two days after 17-year-old Herschel Grinspan, a German-born Jew, assassinated German diplomat Ernst von Rott in Paris. The Nazis used this as an excuse to launch a full-fledged assault on Jewish citizens across Germany. They left a sea of blood and bodies in their wake. 
Here's Hermann Ziering and Lore Oppenheimer, former co-presidents of the Society of the Survivors of the Riga Ghetto, reflecting on their experiences of that horrific night. At the time, we were in our house. We had a curfew. We were not allowed to go out after certain times, after 9 o'clock, I believe. And then the SR stormtroopers, they they broke all the Jewish stores, all the glass. They took everything out they could. They start making fires in the synagogues. Not only were the stores all destroyed in the apartments, the paintings, the pictures, they just demolished everything. Everything? Everything. The pictures were cut. I mean, everything. They just, whatever a Jew owned was just, business was closed after that. Nobody was allowed to do any more business. More on Kristallnacht and how it led to the Holocaust when we come back from the break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Verdammte Juden! Raus! Raus! Judo suchen, gehen! 
Over the next two horrible days in late 1938, Jews were the targets of an unprecedented attack throughout Germany. The pogrom known as Kristallnacht, or the Night of Broken Glass, saw nearly 100 Jewish bodies mutilated in the streets. And thousands of Jewish homes and approximately 7,500 businesses, hospitals, and places of worship vandalized and destroyed. More than 30,000 men, women, and children were rounded up and shipped off to concentration camps. LNER's team of Prague brought to Britain 200 Jewish children, refugees from Germany. Many of these children are orphans. Others have parents who are in concentration camps in Germany. The parts of the German cities that once housed vibrant and healthy Jewish communities were rendered ghost towns as any survivors quickly made their way into France. So at last the wanderers find rest in lands which cherish freedom. But after arriving, the immigrating Jews weren't met with a welcoming party. The French, who were Germany's enemies in World War I two decades earlier, refused to see a distinction between the German Jews and Nazis. To them, they were all Germans, and Germans were enemies. Several months after Kristallnacht, Virginia sent a postcard home. And so the catastrophe has come. I can't begin to express the horror I feel at this useless slaughter being embarked upon, caused by the usual enemies of the civilized world. Everything here is quiet. I am staying. Love to all, Virginia. That's Brad Catling, Virginia's great nephew. Brad is currently working on a photo book about his great aunt's life and work. And in the course of his research, he came across the postcard. To Brad, this note stands out. I think that it was really Virginia's first commitment to obviously staying in Europe during the course for the war. And by recognizing how violent um, the usual enemies of the civilized world were, she's really committing herself, you know, her life to participating somehow, she doesn't know how yet. These are today's main events. Germany has invaded Poland and has bombed many towns. General mobilization... The following year, on September 1st, 1939, Hitler would launch World War II with an attack on Poland. France and Great Britain which had mostly ignored Hitler's conquests up to that point of Austria and Czechoslovakia, had effectively entered the war with a promise to defend Poland from invasion. With that, Virginia Hall found herself without steady employment in a hostile country, an American woman with European sentiments who pitied the Jews and was forced to navigate French hostility. But Virginia wasn't alone. She met other like-minded progressives, including her best friend and neighbor, Claire de la Tour, who spurned the war due to letters from her brother, Jean-Paul, a soldier fighting on the Maginot Line. The Maginot was a line of defense against the advancing German forces, created by the French on the Belgian and Swiss borders, and it was considered France's impenetrable defense system. Virginia spoke fluent French, but we've asked our actor to speak English with a French accent 
to imply the language they conversed in. <laughs> Jean-Paul says the Germans fight backwards, and we have nothing to be afraid of. Claire, they've been winning. Oh, they have not been winning, Virginia. They have been attacking countries with no defenses, no armies. That is not winning. That is bullying. They are gaining territory. I'm no general, but I am smart enough to know that's how you win wars. That's how you kill the morale of your enemy. So these victories are something we should take seriously. Don't you think? I do take it seriously. You don't have to preach to me. Oh, you Americans will be the last foot in the water. What do you plan to do, Virginia, with all your concern? Are you going to just talk in circles and worry? Or are you going to step up? She didn't know it at the time, but her friend Claire had successfully lit a fire in Virginia's belly. Virginia had every intention of stepping up and getting her hands dirty. Coming up on this season of Good Assassins. A devious and double-crossing Nazi priest. Elaborate dental work and disguises. And a dangerous trek across a mountain range to escape the most terrifying villains in world history. We'll bring you daring sabotage plots that change the entire course of World War II all led by a woman the Nazis were determined to track down and exterminate. It's a season of thrilling espionage and brutal war stories as we follow Virginia Hall's ascent from clerk to international spy to guerrilla war leader. One thing is for sure, you've never heard a story like this. Listen to episode two right now. Sometimes they're actively getting shot at by the Germans, and so you're dodging artillery shells yourself. And within just a few days, the Germans have actually pierced through a natural barrier, the the forests of the Ardennes region, which no one was defending. You're going to London now? Yes. I could use a breather in a place where the air isn't stiff. (laughs) I have encountered a most interesting prospect. A woman whom I believe could make a valuable asset. If you have any questions for us about Good Assassins, if you're curious about some aspect of Virginia Hall's story, or have any comments on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at goodassassins at diversionaudio.com. Make sure you spell assassins correctly. Again, that's goodassassins at diversionaudio.com. We'll try to answer your questions on a future episode. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Diversion Pods. Good Assassins is a production of Diversion Audio in association with iHeart Podcasts. This season is hosted by Stephen Talty and written by C.D. Carpenter. Produced and directed by Kevin Thompson for Real Jetpacks Productions. Story editing by Jacob Bronstein, with editorial direction from Scott Waxman. Additional research and reporting by Sophie McNulty. Theme music by Tyler Cash. Featuring the voices of Michaela Izquierdo, Raphael Corkill, Lena Klingeman, John Pierkis, Andrew Polk, Orla Cassidy, Manuel Falciano, Sean Gormley, Matthew Ament, and Steve Routman. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Paul Goodrich. 
Sound editing by Justin Kilpatrick. Executive producers, Jacob Bronstein, Mark Francis, and Scott Waxman for Diversion Audio. Diversion Audio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.